church in morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. Never stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live in glory. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Imperfection, youthful and happy I shall be. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Glorified with Him forever, death will be lost in victory. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory, with the redeemed never stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal life. hallelujah morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with reading no God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. This is your host, Bruce Kessler. Welcome. Hey, friend, I got to tell you this, that I am part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I found forgiveness, love, joy, peace, happiness, and I am blessed beyond measure more than I could ever deserve. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. My goal here is very simple, and that is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ, upcoming in our study segment, we're going to have the conclusion to the unshakable kingdom. The conclusion to the unshakable kingdom. But first, a few things along the way. Headline news. Get this. Get this. China's crackdown on the booming house church movement continued this fall with government officials raiding worship services and even telling Christians they could no longer read the Bible. That's right, folks. By law, churches in China must register with the government and join either the three self-patriot movement 
or the Chinese Patriot Catholic Association. But because such churches face severe restrictions, millions of Christians have joined illegal unregistered house churches. In October, a house church in Jinan, Shandong province was ambushed by a group of local officials. And uh, from now on, they said, you are not allowed to meet here, nor are you allowed to read the Bible. According to orders from the central government, the Bible is banned. You're designated as a target of the campaign to clean up gang crime and eliminate evil. House churches all over Shandong province are to be shut down, they were told. What kind of government is this? An elderly Christian asked. They turn a blind eye on evildoers and criminals and persecute Christians. In August, police officers and government officials raided a house church in the province of Yunnan and ordered the members to join a three-self congregation that was thousands of miles away, having no other choice. The churchgoers signed a document that prohibits them from holding religious gatherings. The officials took the church's valuables and told church members they would be arrested if they continued gathering. Further, they raided the houses of at least eight church members, confiscating religious books and tearing down religious painting. There you go, folks. The Bible is banned. China shuts down churches, threatens Christians. Folks, we have it so easy here in America that we can have the freedom to read the Bible and understand God's will for us. Oh, how difficult it is, folks, in China for our Christian brothers and sisters. We need to pray. Pray indeed. Well, now get this. Just get this, folks. A New York school district violated both the U.S. Constitution and federal law when it repeatedly denied a freshman student the right to form a Christian club at her high school. First Liberty Institute's representing Kitchum High School freshman Daniela Barca, who says that she was denied by the principal and the district's assistant superintendent the right to form an officially recognized Christian club, even though the high school has multiple clubs, including Pride Club and Mosque and Mem Society. The principal allegedly told her such a religious club would be seen as exclusive. How do you like that, folks? How do you like that? I'm a Christian, but sometimes it seems like I'm the only one, Barker wrote to, in a letter to the superintendent. I want to start this club for other students like me so we could support each other in our beliefs. The school district celebrates diversity and the right to express who you are. All I want is to be allowed to express who I am. Everyone deserves that. Please get back to me as soon as you can. After multiple requests were denied, including one from her father to district official, they were denied. In a press release, Keisha Russell of First Liberty Institute, representing Barca, said school officials had engaged in purposeful and intentional religious discrimination for months. We hope this school district ends its clearly unlawful behavior and protect the religious liberty of every student. 
There you go, folks. There you go. High School Blocks Christian Club because it's too exclusive. Really, folks? Just really? This blows your mind, doesn't it? This, makes, this is what makes, makes you frustrated. Let's leave it in God's capable, capable hands of changing hearts and minds. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Well, now get this. Get this. Famed dictionary company Merriam-Webster has announced its much-anticipated word of the year. You want to guess what it is, folks? The word of the year, Merriam-Webster dictionary. What do you think it is, friend? What do you think it is? Well, the word is they. That's right. In a statement, the organization said the term was the most looked up word of the year due to its newfangled association with those who identify as gender non-binary. They. English famously lacks a gender neutral singular pronoun to correspond neatly with singular pronouns like everyone or someone. And as a consequence, they has been used for this purpose for over 600 years. <laughs> you just got to laugh at that, folks. More recently, though, they has also been used to refer to one person whose gender identity is non-binary, a sense that is increasingly common in published edited texts as well as social media and in daily personal interaction between English speakers. Earlier this year, British pop singer Sam Smith came out as gender non-binary and announced that his pronouns are now they and them. He said, I they, let me correct myself, said, I understand that there will be many mistakes in misgendering, but all I ask is you please, please try. I hope you can see me like I see myself now. There you go, folks. The company added that the winning word reflects a surprising fact, namely that even a basic term, a personal pronoun, can rise to the top of our data. There you go. Merriam-Webster announces gender non-binary. Word of the year. They. <laughs> there you go, folks. There you go. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. Now, this day in church history. In 340 A.D., Eusebius, not to be confused with the historian Eusebius of Caesarea, becomes the first bishop of Versailles. Celli, Italy, and receiving his consecration from Pope Julius I, he will be influential in having the Nicene Creed restored throughout the empire. On this day in 1543, Geneva's council recommends Sebastian Castello's appointment as preacher. He is one of the few Genevan clergy who will visit plague Victims during the epidemic that year. How about that, folks? How about that? 
On this day in 1791, the United States Bill of Rights is ratified, guaranteeing freedom of religion, among other liberties. On this day in 1811, death in Cape Town of missionary physician Johannes von der Kamp. Finally, on this day in 1926, death of Oxford, England hymn writer Sarah Dodney. Her best-known hymns were The Christian's Good Night and The Master Hath Come. And that's this day in church history. And now we have, folks, Name That Bible Character segment. We have a lot of fun here. So here is your clue. I am the number of years David ruled as king of Israel. What number am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the number of years David ruled as king of Israel. What number am I? We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue in and after the study segment. So stay tuned, folks. And that concluding segment of Name That Bible Character. And now, folks, we have our conclusion to the unshakable kingdom. This is audio in progress. Let's just go back to Matthew 16. So we all get, I believe, that Jesus is this rock. Amen. So then he continues on in verse 18. And I say to you, you are Peter and on the rock, on that confession, on that truth. I will build my church. Not Peter. Not saying that he's going to be Pope. But Jesus says, on that truth, the truth of what? That I am the Christ, that I am the Messiah, that I am the Son of God. Only I can enter in the era of the new kingdom that Daniel was talking about. Only I, Jesus, only by that truth, only by the truth that Peter confessed, only by that fact can I establish my kingdom and build my church on that truth. And guess what else? He says, And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Some other translations may say hell. But the right word, the proper word, the right Greek word is Hades. Place of the dead. There was a lot of fear before Jesus came of that place called Hades. There's a lot of crazy ideas and crazy things that people thought. But one thing that they knew, they didn't want to go there and be left there. That's what they knew. And time and time again, we see in Psalms, I think David constantly prays, pray, God, God, don't leave me there. Only you can remove me from Hades, from that grave, is what they called it, I think. The gates of hell, the gates of Hades, Jesus says and promises, will not prevail against it. Now, think about gate for a moment. What does a gate do? Well, it keeps 
people from coming in and keeps people from coming out, right? And when the gate shuts, buddy, that's it. When the door shut, when God shut the door of the ark, guess what? Noah wasn't going to open it. Only God could close it. And only God was going to be able to open it. And here, what is the symbolism talking about? The power, I believe, of death. And Jesus is saying, by the truth that I am the rock, by the truth that I am Christ, by the truth that I am the King of kings and Lord of lords, by that truth that I am the Son of God, (laughs) I'm going to bust down the doors of the gates of hell, of your lifetime worry about death and being left in the grave and being alone and without God, separated from Him forever. Hebrews, turn with me there real quick. I think I've got a few more minutes. Hebrews letter, chapter 2. I love this part. I love it. Turn with me there to Hebrews chapter 2. Well, let's start. Oh, well, it'd be a long reading, so uh, let's start in verse 8. You have put all things in subjection under His feet, for in that He put all in subjection under Him. He left nothing that is not under Him. But now we do not yet see all things put under Him. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Amen. Verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom all are things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one, for which reason he is not ashamed to be called their brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I. And the children whom God has given to me, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death might all their lifetime be subject to bondage. Amen. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people, and that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. I know that was a long reading. But in Christ, just get this, this is what we all need to know. That in Christ, the rock, in the church, that he said that I would build, If you're in that church that He would build, the ecclesia, the called out. If you're part of that church, part of that kingdom, you no longer have to worry about the power of the grave. You no longer have to worry about the power of death. Are you afraid of dying? Well, yeah, some of us say, oh sure, yeah, you better believe it. Jesus says, you no longer have to be afraid of that because I've given my life for you. I've sacrificed my life for you. I've given you aid. I destroyed Satan. Who had all their lifetime subject people to fear and bondage. Now I've released that power. How powerful and awesome that is. Amen.
So let's just go ahead and finish reading this. And he says, verse 18 of Matthew 16, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Jesus says, Okay, Peter, you made that great confession. You uh, made that powerful statement that was given to you by the God Himself. And I just want you to know that I am that rock based on that confession that I will build that church. I will build the kingdom. I will build what Daniel was talking about. Kingdom that will forever stand. And the gates of hell will not prevail against that kingdom, that church. And he says, Peter, I'm going to give you these keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bound on earth shall be bound on earth. Whatever you bound in heaven shall be bound. What is he talking about? You ever wondered about that? He's talking about authority. Now, i got some passages and I just want to mention them to you. If you go to the like... Uh, um, let me see if I have them right here. I think it's in John chapter yeah, John chapter 20, 21 and 23, John chapter 16, 12 through 15. You'll see like in John chapter 20, well, Matthew chapter 18 verse 18, that statement that Jesus makes to Peter that I give you the keys of the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth, you bound. He also made that same statement to the rest of the disciples to the rest of the apostles. So it's not just limited to Peter. You just need to get that. Matthew 18, verse 18. And then, though, in John chapter 20, he's more specific about what he's dealing with there. Now let's just read that. So we just won't blow over it real quick. Because this is important. Uh, John chapter 20, in verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he has said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Just a little different uh, approach that Jesus makes. But it's the same thing. It's about authority. It's about the words that Jesus would later say will come to them by the Spirit. Jesus knew He was going to die and needed to pass on that authority over to the apostles. And then later on, 1 Corinthians letter, Paul would say that that would even be built on, the authority would be built on with the elders, pastors, teachers, brothers and sisters. That's why we have the Word of God today. So let's go back then. I want to end in Hebrews chapter 2. I mean, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. As we draw to a close. Hebrews 12. This is one of the most amazing statements ever. Alright. Verse 18. Hebrews 12, verse 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burn with fire into blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches a mountain, it shall be stoned or shot 
with an arrow. And so terrifying the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and tremble. What is he talking about? Remember when they were on Mount Sinai? That's what this is talking about. And it had that mysterious cloud over the top and there was thundering and lightning and boom, boom, boom. Scared the people so bad they couldn't even, they didn't even know what they did. We don't even want to look. That's what he's talking about. He's just trying to get our attention like he was trying to get theirs. He says in verse 22, But you have come to the Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See, brothers and sisters, see that you do not refuse Him who speaks. For if they did not escape and refused Him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from Him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now He has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things that are made, that things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, this is what you need to realize. Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Isn't that the message that Jesus wanted to leave the apostles with in Matthew 16? The kingdom that I'm going to establish, the church that I'm going to build, it's not going to ever be shaken. Yeah, you may be touched with disease, you may be touched with death, and you may be touched with problems, and you may be touched with this or that, but you got to know and realize, Jesus is saying, that I'm in charge. That you can have confidence that you are more than conquerors in me. And you no longer have to fear death. That is unshakable. So the message is yours this morning. Maybe somebody in here this morning, I don't know who it is. Maybe, maybe you're having issues. Um, all of us do. And we do have issues. Some of us got serious sin problems. You need to know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same powerful Christ that stood before Peter who says that the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the church. There's nothing that Jesus cannot solve in your life. It's the point. Don't let it shake you to the core or shake you and turn you and dishearten you in your life. Put your faith in Jesus. Jesus, the rock, our salvation. Amen. And if you haven't been baptized, you need to be in the church. That's how you get into the church. When you confess His name, when you repent, when you give your life over, when you give your life to baptism, when you say, I want Jesus to lead my life. I'm wrecking it. Jesus solves it. I'm hurting myself. Jesus heals my heart. What are you going to do? Sit there and stand face to face with Jesus one day and not be covered with the blood of Jesus?
Thank you, folks, for listening to the conclusion to the Unshakable Kingdom. We pray that you've enjoyed this powerful message. And now we have the conclusion to Name That Bible Character. Here was your clue. I am the number of years David ruled as king of Israel. What number am I? Forty. That's right. Forty. First Kings 2, 10 and 11. So David kept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron. And 30 and 3 years reigned he in Jerusalem. I am the number of years David ruled as king of Israel. What number am I? Forty. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever of Jesus Christ. See, you can find in him great grace and forgiveness. Come to him confessing, repenting, and being baptized in him, submitting to his lordship. And you'll find peace, joy, happiness, and you'll be blessed beyond measure, more than you ever deserve. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. If you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, just stop by and visit with us at the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ. Well, and if you can't stop by, well, stop by our website, normanchurch.com. 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 Well, friend, I want to tell you this. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. The Lord reigns, He is the mighty God, the Lord God reigns. The Lord reigns, He is the mighty God, the Lord God reigns. Hey! Great is the Lord Almighty, He is Lord, He's God indeed. Great is the Lord Almighty, He is God supreme. Great is the Lord Almighty, He is Lord, He's God indeed. Great is the Lord. God, the Lord God reigns. The Lord reigns. He is a mighty God.